Hello and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. The This and That series has reclaimed its place on the fours, to use an old radio gimmick. We got off track around episode 100, but here we are on 124 with another Mikolosian episode. I think that's the first time I've used your name on the podcast as an adjective, but welcome to the show, by the way. Yes, I do like that. I will continue to use the, the word Mikolosian to describe everything that I do. Yes. Anything long, long answers, a lot of talking, Mikolosian. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Usually before we record these, I reach out to Miklos and ask what he'd like to talk about. And this week, I'll just let him introduce the topic since he chose it after all. There's so many things to talk about. There's a, there's a never-ending uh, Miklosian cavalcade of things to talk about. But something that's been on on my radar, and I think on a lot of people's radar who are listening to this right now, is a, is a, a, a constant issue slash worry uh, slash uh, just topic of conversation around grapeseed coaches and teachers at your school, I'm sure, which is teaching the writers. Specifically, there are a couple of, of issues that, that come up constantly. How do you teach, how do you do writer time uh, in your lesson in accordance with the the time and the lesson plans? So many teachers will often say that, oh, there's just the time and the lesson plans is, is is not realistic. I can't teach writers in the amount of time. So that comes up as well as some kids, they finish, they finish quickly. Sometimes it, some kids just, just they, uh, they just won't finish. And so we have to do things to, to make sure they, that they finish all the writer assignments, things like that. And so it's teachers worry about it. And so that's for that reason, I thought we should go into some details on possible solutions. Again, the solutions that we talk about are going to be uh, curriculum delivery based solutions. And so you're going to have to, and at times, uh, adapt that to your school environment and to the um, educational philosophies of your school and uh, the reality of your situation. So we're going to recommend things and then also provide some reminders about what the core objectives of the writers are just to, to clarify things in case any teachers out there are in need of that. I think it's a good place to start because when you first look at a writer, we all have had back in our educational days growing up, whether it's English class or any class, really, we've all had workbooks that we've had to do for school. And those workbooks, usually you have to complete an assignment. It's usually ends up being homework and you get graded on it, and then that score is reflected in your final grade for the term, whether it's a semester or the school year or whatever. So when we first see a grapeseed writer, we kind of have all those memories, and then those expectations kind of get imparted onto the grapeseed writer, even though in a lot of cases, we're not going for the exact same things that your science book back in the day would have expected you to do. So let, let's kind of unpack mm -hmm. that a little bit. Yes. And I'd like to also uh, preface this for all, uh, for all teachers and all coaches and any, anyone who's listening in, in preparation to talk about this, I was reviewing a couple of key documents and materials specifically. The reason I'm saying this is because after, after listening to this, I definitely recommend anyone who's teaching writers or involved in preparing and, uh, and executing the lessons uh, that involve writers, 
uh, to review these things. One is the teacher manual, specifically the, the beginning section of the teacher manual, the front matter that talks about the five platforms on which Grapeseed is uh, built. And specifically in this case for writers, the language arts section which goes heavily into the, the, the language arts philosophies and, and components of Grapeseed and how the writers are a part of that. That's, that's key right there, uh, as well as the video on language arts as a platform in the, in the Grapeseed training site. Uh, so that's one thing. The, the other is the writer instructions and objectives, the, the, just the description of writers as a component later in the front matter that goes through. And it, it changes depending on the units. Like obviously units three through seven are going to have different instructions and say units, you know, 16 through 20. And the last thing that I reviewed for today is specifically in the teacher grapeseed portal content site. Uh, you should have a document in there that is called the guidance on writers. And this is a supplementary document that's been produced by the curriculum developers that goes into details on how, how you can effectively deliver a fun and effective writer time in, in each lesson. With that in mind, the first thing I wanted to address is that writers are meant to reinforce speaking and reading skills. So when when you're, and m most teachers out there are, remember this on a daily basis, because one of the things that comes up is, yeah, I, I know from the training that the kids are supposed to, you know, like in the early units when they're doing the single letter phonograms, they're supposed to say the sounds when they when they write, but sometimes I, I find it really hard to do that. And then later in, in later units, uh, kids, uh, when they're doing the writers, they, they should be sounding out the words as they write them and, and saying what they're writing. And in a lot of the writer activities, you'll notice it's actually, you begin with a conversation. You, you, you talk about something and then the kids write about it. There are activities called, you know, speak and write. <laughs> so, you know, the writers reinforce speaking and reading skills and vice versa. The, the speaking and reading reinforces your writing. It's, it, all, it all goes hand in hand. A lot of teachers, like you mentioned earlier, because of your own experience with doing, you know, reading, you know, writing workbooks and even in, uh, in many uh, schools, there's, you know, the, the drill book where you just, you know, write vocabulary words over and over again, just forget, you know, that kind of practice or penmanship practice and things like that. And of course, handwriting and penmanship is very important. Um, uh, but what comes first is the ability to communicate your thoughts on paper with using a pencil or a pen. And so uh, handwriting and penmanship will develop as kids, as kids grow, like early in the, you know, the early days of, I'm thinking about my, my son is in unit four, he's five years old and he's, his penmanship is not very good because he's five years old, but it's going to get better. But the important thing is that when, uh, like a good parent, I printed out on the parent portal site, I printed out the, um, uh, some extra uh, writing fun pages for him to write in color. And this morning he was doing uh, the H one. He was sitting down. He's really excited to do it. And he was showing me he's a, his, uh, his, with his terrible handwriting, but he's pointing to H and showing you that he wrote it down. And he's go and I was like, Hey, what's that? And he just goes, he goes like this. <sighs> and I was so proud. I was like, good job. Yeah. That's an H. It goes. <sighs> and um, because he gets, when I asked him what it was, his thought first went to like the sound. I, I, I didn't, I'm not going to compliment or, or praise him for his amazing penmanship. One, because it's not good. And two, because that's not the important part right now. I praised him for going, yes, you're doing a good, you're, I praised him for his practice. 
And, uh, and that's what the writers are. They are practice. And that's why we don't have to mark it up all the time. Like it's some sort of like an assignment. I mean, if you do that, it's fine, but only if it's going to be a confidence booster for your students. So when they, when they're writing, especially in early units and they're writing the, uh, maybe in unit five, they're going to write that letter A and they go, ah, A, ah, ah, praise them for that. And uh, in, in my case, in my, my son's class, the teacher puts a sticker on the page when the kids say the sounds nicely. It's a big motivator, kind of an extrinsic motivator, but everyone's going to have different ways to do that. But motivating kids to, to feel confident about the practice and then vocalizing what they're writing. You've said a lot of really good stuff there, because, and I want to reinforce kind of a couple of the main points. So when we go back to that workbook analogy we were talking about before, when in traditional senses, that is something to gauge the student's level of understanding and mastery. And then as a teacher, we look at that and grade it and give a score to how good the student is. Whereas with grapeseed writers, this is just practice like you're talking about. The students don't have to have things mastered. We want to give them practice in writing things and reinforcing those sounds that they're writing. So your school might might require you to do this, but in general, this isn't something that you want to put a score on. Like, okay, you did eight out of your 10 A's were satisfactory, so try harder next time. Like, th- th- this isn't anything like that. We just want students to be really committing those sounds to memory, so saying things as they're writing, and then also just give them practice because that's all it is. It's just practice. Yeah, the thing about building confidence and it uh, just like with everything else in grapeseed lesson time we want to keep students affective filters as low as possible because we know that that's how they're going to be able to acquire language more easily so if the writer it becomes this this thing where the kids are nervous to go oh if i don't write my k nicely then i'm my teacher's going to give me a red mark or something like that or if i don't say the sound uh, while i write the teacher's going to give me like a stern look or something just we have to be encouraging and, and increasing motivation and it's not going to be perfect and it shouldn't be perfect because it is practice so it's part of that thing that's really effective that we find, which is um, especially in grapes, especially in acquiring language, which is being process oriented rather than outcome oriented, because this is a process. And I mean, Adam, you can maybe agree with this, that we are native English speakers, but I have to say, I'm still learning English. These, you know, I come across new words all the time. Like I didn't just master English uh, one day. It's it's a constant process, just like all learning is. So the writers are definitely, and especially for our students when they're starting out, that they're starting out with the process. And through using the writers in Gravesea class, they will gain confidence that they can they can do it. So that when they get to a setting, like uh, maybe when they get into high school or whatnot, when they're in an all English environment, taking maybe some sort of like a creative writing class or something, that they have the skills to be able to operate in that environment because of the process they that they went through in grapeseed class. And I hope that that takes pressure off of teachers as well to have to produce these kind of unrealistic results because, and, and part of it, I can, I can understand why, why there is that pressure on teachers because for parents and for surrounding school leadership who are looking at your classes, when it comes to acquiring, you know, an oral language acquisition, there's not a lot that's visible 
But the writer is a visible thing. And so people look to that. Parents will look to that as a visible assessment or proof of what their kids are doing. And so they'll, they'll be more strict on it. And, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't fall prey to that because we want people to understand parents and, and, and surrounding school administration as well, that it's not meant to be perfect. If it is, it's great, but it, but it probably won't be. And we want to show the process of the kids getting better at it and learning as they go. So definitely we want teachers' affective filters to be lower as well. Yeah. That affective filter discussion, I think that's the next phase of this discussion when we talk about writers, because there are so many things to unpack. I think both you and I, when we were visiting schools a lot more often than we do now, we would get a lot of feedback from teachers in schools about students not really liking writers or writer time being this really high pressure thing that teachers don't like to do. And there's a lot of different factors that feed into that. So let's kind of break down some of those and dispel some of the expectations that are behind those things that are raising the affective filter. Yes. The biggest one that comes to mind first is the, like I mentioned at the beginning, the recommended time in the lesson plans Absolutely. for doing writers. That is a thing that stresses out teachers and- Through uh, that stresses and, out students. Yes, exactly. Because the teacher will be like, come on, you guys gotta hurry up. This is something you'll find in the aforementioned documentation that I recommended at the beginning. Writers are meant to be completed during lesson time in the time recommended in the lesson plans. But- that's not going to happen all the time. And yep. that's okay. Yep. Underline all of that, <laughs> basically, because of so many different things, you know, that and teachers probably are nodding their heads and going like, oh yeah, there's so many things that are, that, that are, there are obstacles sometimes. If, if students don't finish the writer assignment, it's okay because they, and again, like you said, for the for the sake of, of, of the affective filter of everybody involved, the stress levels and, and, and confidence and motivation, students should do as much as they can of the writer assignments to the point where they feel confident. If you force students to continue doing a task that becomes too stressful or difficult or tedious, confidence and motivation start to go down and you have a a negative impact. And so and then, of course, the natural next question for teachers listening is probably, well, then what am I supposed to do? One is because at some schools, the, there might be a policy in place where the kids need to finish every assignment. And if you have that, then you need to, to figure that out with your, your school leadership. But when you're doing writers in class, make note of the recommended time. And only when you, even if the class is not finished with the assignment, wrap it up. If the lesson plan says 10 minutes for writer time in this particular lesson, whatever the time is, wrap it up at 10 minutes, even if the students aren't done. Because one, you're taking away time from the other components. And there's this thing that sometimes people say, well, like, oh, well, well, I, I decided to do writers longer because this one song is not as important as the writer. That is not a true statement. Uh, all of the components are equally important. And if you if you do writers for too long, one, you're gonna you you run the risk of stressing students out because they're gonna be doing this tedious task. It becomes tedious after a while. It's not fun anymore. They're they're just doing a drill or this thing that they just it's this thing that they just you know have to do rather than a confidence building exercise. So just say, boys and girls, it's okay. You know what? You're not done. 
don't worry about it. Uh, maybe we'll have time to complete it at the end of class or during a different time of day. Or if your if your school is set up to do something like they can take the take the writers home and complete them at home, uh, just complete the assignment. That's okay too. Or um, wh- however your situation is set up. But during the lesson time, keep it to that to that recommended time so that you have time to do all the other fun components because. Using up uh, once in once in a great while, we'll see uh, like a writer a writer assignment in class that's meant to be you know eight minutes, but it ends up being like I don't know in an extreme case like over twenty minutes, and you can just see the kids get sadder and sadder, and the teacher too because you're just like oh no now I have all these other things that we were going to do like a story and a song, and that reinforced the writing of course, and the writing reinforces all the other stuff so. It becomes unbalanced and and runs the risk of, you know, of, of of raising affective filters and not being as fun. But the 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 point there being, it's okay if you don't. I mean, if you don't finish the assignment, that's the goal is to finish it. Well, one of the goals is to is to, is to complete it. But realistically, that's not always going to happen. So, and you don't need to worry about it. Just do it in the time allotted, and have fun and build confidence, and then move on and do the other things, the other wonderful things that you have in your lesson plan for that day. Yeah, I think that is one of the biggest factors when we hear about teachers or students who don't like doing their writers. It's usually because writer time gets so bloated and students are doing it for 20, 30 minutes. And it kind of goes back to that expectation we're talking about. And you you really brought up something that's really valuable before Mikos when you said that we want to be more process oriented versus outcome oriented. I think that that's really a key mindset here because if we if we're following the directions in the lesson plans and it says, for example, let's say we're doing the the C from the unit three writer, we're doing the C pages. Mm-hmm. So you have to write and trace C on the left on the left page, and then on the right page. You have to write C, the lesson plan might say, write it five times or something like that. Now, what is the goal overall? The goal is not that students write five perfect Cs on every line. The goal is that students Mm -hmm. are practicing writing the letter C while saying the proper sounds for C. So if if in the 10 minutes that you have to do this particular assignment, if you can't do five per line and your students can only do four per line, well, they're still getting their practice in. They're still getting that process. The process is the focus. They're getting that practice that we want. They're reinforcing those sounds. Mm-hmm. Not that, okay, we've all failed because we didn't get five C's instead of four C's. Yeah. And conceivably, a student could write five perfect C's, but do we know if they are making the connection between that you know, that half, that little, that, that, that curvy line on the paper and the sounds, because if that's not happening, you can write a hundred C's and it's not going to matter because until students make that connection and they develop that phonemic awareness, then it's all just, you know, it's all just mindless drill because uh, a student could conceivably write three nice C's or maybe, maybe three moderately nice C's and if they've made the connection between k, s, and that shape that they wrote on the paper, then they have achieved one of the most important objectives of that. And, that is um, success as opposed to after the fact, the teacher looking and, and quote unquote, grading the paper and seeing five C's on the page. 
Yes. And that is a big thing. Like I mentioned earlier that I, I went to my parent portal site and I printed out some writing fun for my son. And I'm like, some parents might be inclined to sort of quote unquote, like you said, grade or markup. We advise not doing that. Praise for the effort, praise for the process, praise for the effort, for the, for the practice. And if, if you can, if you have, if you have uh, time to talk with parents and they are printing out the writing fun at home and doing that at home, help them understand that it's not about, you know, I mean, part of it is, is there, is the, the, the fine motor skills practice and stuff like that for, for smaller children. But if parents can help by praising and reinforcing at home as well, that when they write the C it's, k -s. but for parents who might not uh, know exactly what the goals of the, of the writing is, it's, it's the, it's, the phonemic awareness and uh, and again the, the the writing fun promote that to parents because it's it reinforces the practice that you're doing with writers in the classroom because uh, it's the same activities and it's got the coloring and stuff in the early units and but none none of that should be marked up and or or graded simply because it is a process and you know I mean some kids like being graded and that's cool if it if it gives them motivation to go yes I got you know I got the star or whatever it is uh, that's great but take care with your students make sure that whatever you're doing. Whether you're, you know, marking up things or putting fancy flowers or stickers or whatever on your kids' writers, that it's all for the purpose of increasing confidence and motivation. Because uh, without that, kids are just gonna like look at look at the writing. They're not gonna they're gonna have a high affective filter, and then what they're gonna they're just gonna write, you know, things on paper, and they're not gonna be thinking about what they mean or thinking about the sounds, and 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 it's not gonna reinforce the oral language acquisition that they're experiencing in the rest of your lessons. I want to get more into what you were just getting into there, Mikolas, about, okay, yeah. now what are some strategies for actually completing the writers on time? We're not just saying, okay, if you can't complete it on time, mm. then that's fate. You, nothing you can do yeah. about it. We're not saying that. We're going to get talk about those in a second, but I, I do want to highlight based on something you've said there and, and how we've been talking about practice. I want to give a quick shout out to your former coworker, Bruno, actually, on the last oh, yeah. Says episode. Oh, yeah. teaching writers. Yeah. The last Teacher Says episode when we were asking about tips for writers and tips for assembly lessons on the whiteboard. In both of those answers, he said, the point of these exercises is to attack it. If students can yeah. already do it perfectly, then what's the point? We're just kind of wasting time. The, the point is that they're <laughs> yeah. attacking something that they're not perfect at yet. And that when we talk about practice and writers being practice, it's not just, oh, we're, we're not really working toward a clear objective. We are. We're trying to give them confidence by attacking something that they're not completely proficient at yet. And they're going to get better through that. Mm hmm on a practical side here, like what you're as a teacher, you might be thinking, okay, great. So then, yeah, like you said, what, what exactly do I do then? One big thing is to, when you're preparing each day's lesson and you look on your lesson plan, you see, okay, writer. And it has the, and, the, and of course, this is going to vary greatly depending on what unit you're teaching, but you're looking, if you're looking at the lesson plan, you're looking at your instructions in the teacher column, looking at your instructions, making sure you have everything that you need. In later units, after unit 10, whiteboard assembly and uh, readers and things like that are all tightly connected to the writer assignments. So uh, be ready for that. Review the student column of the lesson plan to make sure that you know exactly what your students are supposed to be doing, what they're supposed to be getting out of this. 
if necessary, review that section in the front matter again of the um, teacher manual just to make sure that all the you're covering the objectives. There's a sex, there's a section there at the very end called assessment. It's 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 a couple of bullet points that will give you just a daily or weekly refresher of of what exactly you're supposed to be looking for, as well as the writer instructions specific to that unit uh, later in the in the teacher manual. Just all those resources are there for you, and also the teacher training portal. There's videos on teaching writers that are really really useful as well when you have time for that. But on a daily basis, one thing to think about is as you're preparing, think about your students, think about where they're at as a as a as a group what happened the last time you you taught the writers sometimes it's you know if you're doing the early units with single letter phonograms you're thinking okay well they're they're kind of slow or they're really fast or this boy's fast and this one he's, he's kind of slow writing it, so i have to kind of figure out how to balance that out if you're teaching you know unit 18 or, or somewhere around you know, on a, a higher unit like that you're just you're doing more complex writing activities and you kind of have to think okay well they're good at spelling certain words but they're not good at spelling other words and so one big word that I, that's not a big word. It's a, it's a, it's a big concept, but a small word I like to use is uh, remediation. If the instructions in the teacher manual are not really realistic for where your class is at right now, don't worry about it. Don't force something on your students that you, you know, that they might not succeed at. If you know that they're having trouble with certain sounds, especially multi-letter phonograms, that section between uh, units uh, nine and 14, it gets pretty challenging and, and writing some of those words and sounding them out. Students need more practice sometimes. So be mindful and of that and make notes of which words and which phrases and sentences uh, students struggle with. And the, in subsequent lesson plans, before you do the writer, and sometimes, it, sometimes this is built into the lesson plan with you know whiteboard work and things like that. But if there's extra stuff that you know that your students might need in terms of remediating for them, going reviewing words that you know that they struggle with, take a moment to do that and help and do do some, do a little bit of extra whiteboard assembly of keywords that you know that they need practice with and do it right before the writer assignment so that they it's fresh in their mind and they succeed at it. And you can even leave it up on the board. There's giving the answer, quote unquote, giving the answers is okay because there is, it's not a test, it's practice. So if, if kids need extra help, uh, sometimes in the form of, of of remediation, then you need to do that so that they succeed at it. Not just like having them sit there and you know and just struggle with it. Like a, struggle is good, but it's a, it's the same thing as language acquisition. It's like, you know you want to be providing the input that is just one step beyond what they can currently do. So that if there's no struggle, then there's no there's no exercise. Um, but if there's too much struggle. Then it's it's frustrating and and demotivating and and, and reduces confidence. So uh, you want to kind of keep it in that sweet spot of just providing just enough of a struggle so kids are feeling like they're learning. And that's why daily when you're getting ready, think about that. That's why that's one of the reasons too why the lesson plans are so great because the the, the plan is there and now you can think about how you need to apply that to your class. Yeah, you touched on the the affective filter side of the the concept here of getting your writer done in time. Now, if we're going to look at it just from a time, from a pacing perspective, let's say, for example, you you have 10 minutes to do your writer on a particular day and you give them the assignment. You don't do any of the extra assembly, even though you know that they might struggle. So by the 10 minute mark, the kids are still sitting there. They're still beating their head against the wall. They don't really know mm -hmm. how to do the assignment. So they don't finish and you move on. So 
UK, you've done it in 10 minutes, but your students are all, they have very high affective filters because their confidence is completely shot. Whereas if you decide instead, okay, I'm going to take one minute at the beginning of this writer time to do this extra assembly on the whiteboard. And then now I'm going to turn over the writing assignment to the kids. They're going to be much more successful. They might actually finish it in time because of the extra work that you did on the whiteboard initially. Then they come out of it with low affective filters, which is a good thing. And you can kind of just go on with your lesson. So in this case, you're you're spending a little bit of time to then buy yourself more time in mm-hmm. the writer itself. So that, that's one kind of trick that we're talking about here to complete your writers on time better. Your word was remediation, but also supplementing yes. assistance where necessary. Oh, absolutely. And it's different for every class, every every year. And especially for, uh, you know, so many factors are involved there. And sometimes you'll have a class where there's only a few students. Sometimes you have a, a bigger class, that's going to affect it too. The age of the students, where they are with their ability to recognize the relationship between the phonogram and the phonemes. And that's why the that daily practice, starting from unit one, lesson one, that's where writer instruction really does start to me. I mean, we don't have the, the, the physical writers with pencils until unit three, but from day one, you're preparing students to be successful at communicating their thoughts through writing by air writing and, uh, and doing daily review of the, of the single letter phonograms and later and the, the multi-letter phonograms on, with poems shared reading. Yeah, that's a big thing that comes up too. Is my how do I get my students to put spaces in between words? Uh, how do when do I teach them that? And <laughs> you're teaching them that every day with the shared reading. That's one of those things that in the beginning you're not explicitly teaching about things like that. Those concepts of print, like capital letters and and spaces between words, because students are absorbing that through daily exposure to shared reading activities. And when it comes to writing the capital letters and the lowercase letters and the writers, you'll notice that. Students just accept that there's capital and lowercase. So even before they understand what those words mean, that when you do the friends poem in unit one and you you air write the lowercase f, they go, Pff. and then you point to the the uppercase, the, the capital F in the title of the friends poem. And you go, that's also, Pff. and kids just go, oh yeah, okay, cool. Like, cause you're the teacher and you said so. And then when they get to the writer assignment for that, they already get it. That even before they know the words capital and lowercase, they just go, oh, yeah, there's 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 this one and then there's that one. But then later on and in the lesson plans in the upper units, you'll notice when it's the, the instructions are for the teacher to talk explicitly about capital and lowercase letters. Kids already get it because they've already had that. Ex- they've had that that exposure to it. They just they just they already get it. They go, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me because we've been doing it since day one. And the writer is a part of that. Another tip here for getting your writers done in a reasonable amount of time. In a lot of cases, teachers take so long to get the writers out. I've seen a lot of classes where the teacher will have the stack of writer books and they they call students one by one to come up and get the writer. And then the students come and get it. And then they sit down and then the teacher says, okay, now that I've gone through 20 kids, Okay, now I have to get out pencils and oh yeah, there's we need erasers. So just the deploying of all the things <laughs> necessary ends yeah. up taking half of the writer time or half of the allotted writer time, which makes writers then take longer and cut into your other things. So 
Another thing to think about in this preparation vein that we're already talking about is where can you save time in your Mm. deployment of everything? One thing that we've recommended is kind of having plastic trays that you can buy from a dollar store, for example. You know, you have assigned seats for your tables, for example, for writer time. And okay, you know that at this table, these four kids sit there. So in this plastic bin, I'm going to put four pencils that are already sharpened, obviously. I'm going to put those four writer books and one eraser in each of these bins. And then, okay, go to your tables, toss out those bins, and you're already ready to go, basically. Things like that that can save you time on just setup and takedown are huge in getting this stuff done efficiently Mm -hmm. and keeping students on task. Oh, yeah, that's that whole process of, uh, you know, assigning a helper to hand out writers and pencils and, 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 and erasers in some cases. And, you know, and I, I'll even say, too, as a teacher, like, oh, yeah, there's there's value in, in assigning a helper and there's value in the kids looking at the writers and, and, and seeing their friends names and handing it out. Of course, there's value there. But if we're short on time, we can just skip to the part where we do the writer. And that's a, that's a good thing, too. Yeah, just to spin that in a different way, the affective filter benefit you get from choosing a helper and having them help you is not worth the five minutes that you lose in class when they're slowly handing out the books to the kids. Yeah, exactly. it's um, and it, it really comes down to just looking at your situation and assessing your lessons objectively and looking at it like, okay, what what's the objective here? And looking at your time management as well. And then I'm I could be a hypocrite for for giving advice on this because I'm the worst with time management. But yeah, if you just look at yourself and go, okay, how much time am I spending on the the learning objectives of each component and and delivering my lessons according to the instructions on the plan? And how much time am I spending on, on other things? How much of that can I cut out if possible? Good. I think we can go from there, from the how to deliver writers more effectively in your preparation phase to, okay, now it's the the day of the lesson where we're actually teaching. What are some mm-hmm. tips to finish writers in time that you don't have to prepare for? Now, one of these mm-hmm. is explaining the writer assignment clearly to students before they start to do it. Now, we've talked about this quite a bit before too, is you want to make sure that students are in a place where there's no distractions. You can hold open the the writer book itself, or you could have printed out and blown up copies of it or things like that, where you, okay, boys and girls, we're going to write and trace the letter C over here. Mm. We're going to do this. We're going to say the sounds. Then over here, we're going to do it four times or five times or whatever. And you're, you're kind of really clearly explaining what your expectations are of the kids for that particular day before they go and sit down and have a writer in their hands or a pencil in their hands. Because if they have those things in their hands, they're not going to be listening to your explanation. But if you Mm -hmm. don't give an explanation at all, they're more likely to not understand what to do or to just do the wrong thing in the moment. So that explanation time, Mm -hmm. of course, keep it as efficient as possible. But clearly explaining the writer before you turn them over to it is one way to make sure writers go more efficiently in the day. Oh yeah, there's there are a couple of videos on this in the in the teacher training portal where the teacher is showing what to do. 
And this this is mostly for the younger students in the earlier units. Obviously, students after you know a certain point will they just they understand the flow of the class and the lessons and and they know what to do with the writers. Yeah, their, your explanation, for example, when you're doing unit six and you're talking about the letter P mm-hmm. and doing relatively the same thing that you did for C back in unit three. You don't need yeah. a big, long explanation for that. But when you start getting into unit seven, unit eight, and then there start to be other activities in there that students haven't done before, then you need to start explaining things mm-hmm. again. Yeah, exactly. And in those, those like in units three and four, you're, you're probably going to do a lot of like showing, you know, showing what you want done, but also doing that, that teacher move that, that we see all the time where is you this go, okay? is this okay? And you do something to do something not good. Like, um, you draw a I do C that with my kids all the, the time. Like, is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. You draw, you draw like just like crazy big or just whatever it is and uh, and say, yeah, we know we, this is how we do it. We do it nicely and always being really encouraging. And then later on when there are, yeah, there are different kinds of activities that the kids are going to come across in, you know, unit seven, eight, nine and beyond that might require. Most of the activities are pretty intuitive for kids, but then once in a while there's going to be stuff. And even as the teacher, you need to also be aware that there's stuff like certain uh, dictation kind of activities too, where you, there are supplementary materials that you're going to need to be to access on your content site beforehand. Don't get to the lesson uh, where you need to have some words that you need to say to students or things or sentences that you need to speak to students that are not in your kid's writer because they need to write them. You have teach resources and it's it, the lesson plan will, will will remind you of that but that's why it's good to review that ahead of time and, and make sure because you don't want to be fumbling around for it and during your lesson going like oh my goodness uh, i was supposed to have this sheet that has the sentence on it that i just said to you guys but it's not here so yeah don't don't get caught out with that and yeah just have everything ready to go and then kids will just they'll just do it because they they'll, they'll know what to do if you show them Yeah. Another thing to keep writers more successful in the moment is going around as your students are writing and praising them for things that you want everybody else to do. This is just a normal classroom management technique, but it totally fits into writers Mm. as well, where you're walking around and saying, oh, wow, Bobby's saying the sounds. Good job, Bobby. Wow, that's a very good Bobby as he's writing every C. Good job. Or, yeah. Jane over here, she's her C's are so nice. That's really good. And even after you finish the writer assignment for the day, you can take 30 seconds and hold up one of the books of one of the better students and say, wow, boys and girls, look at Bobby's handwriting here. Look at, these are very nice C's and he wrote them very nicely. He said every time, good job. So then the next time they know what you're expecting from them more clearly. Oh yeah, I, I saw a lesson recently on video that were things like that were happening. It was it was really wonderful and super effective. It was somewhere around unit five or six, and yeah, the the teacher was doing a fantastic job of motivating the entire class to say the sounds while they're writing. And he was going around and there was one student that he just chose out of a bunch who were doing a good job. And he's like, oh hey, and then he had just kind of praising as he went, not to, not to single him out on, you know, uncomfortably, but we just had him stand up and say, Hey, everybody, take a look, put your pencils down for a second. Uh, you know, take a look at Greg or whatever his name was. And, uh, and he said, he, and oh, hey, do it, say the sound. And then the boy said the sounds of the letter that he was writing. And then the, the teacher said, well, didn't that sound good? Let's all get, let's all clap for him. Yeah. And then the, all the kids were like, Oh, I want to get clapping too. And they all, it was really wonderful. And um, uh, that it's just positive reinforcement with, with, with everything, but including writers, and then the kids are actually more motivated to do the writer assignments in a more efficient manner because sometimes when kids don't feel motivated because they're not getting enough praise, a positive reinforcement or praise, 
that's when a lot of kids tend to slow down because they're just like, Ugh, like, and um, and it, you, they can feel that the the tedious nature of. Um, that's a good next point because some students are going to do really well with this right off the bat, and mm-hmm. some of them are going to struggle. It's just the nature of how things yeah. are. Maybe some kids, their parents have them doing. Chinese character practice at home and they're already writing a million things already. So they already know that, okay, yeah. I, I can write this 10 stroke character. So writing a C is super easy, but maybe mm-hmm. another student in the class, he, he doesn't have any practice with that. So even those students that are struggling, you want to look for any kind of chances you can to praise them. Even if they're, mm-hmm. if their C's aren't as good as the other kids, still look for opportunities to say, oh, that's a really good C, like, and encourage them in that way. Not everybody has to be held to the highest standard that you have in the class. You can have your different expectations for students based on their level, and we highly encourage that. Oh, yeah. And something that you just made me think about, and just thinking about it in big picture, is that when you're doing writers, when you're teaching writers, it's the same as with every other component in grape seed. Think about when you're when you're singing one of your favorite songs, like you know, "Shiver Shiver Burr" or uh, or the blue song, or um, or reading one of your favorite stories. One of my favorites is always "The Dancing Pig" and "The Red Hen" and stuff like that. And just that joy that you feel as a teacher in in reading a story to your kids. You know, the the party in the barn. You're like, boys and girls, it's party in the barn. We're going to read a story. And then, or you're boys and girls, we're going to sing a song. It's called fuzzy wuzzy friend. I love this song. Remember that the writer is intended to carry that same joy as everything else. It's, it's a different shape. It's a different kind of component, but it's supposed to be as joyful an experience as singing one of the songs or reading a story or any of the other activities that we do. And if it doesn't have that, think to yourself, take some time to self-reflect and think, okay, what is it about this that's not bringing me joy or bringing my students joy? And how do I find my way back to that? Because everything in Grapeseed is, is designed with the joy of learning in mind, including the writers. And again, for reasons that we mentioned at the beginning, uh, writers sometimes get some unbalanced scrutiny because they're a more visible form of student output, but we can't allow that to affect the joy that teachers and students feel when you do the assignments each day. Yeah, that efficiency is usually where you start losing the joy. I think a a good analogy is movies, for example. Now, Mm. there's usually a sweet spot of movie time length. So maybe you, you have a movie that you really like that's two hours long. But if there's an extra half an hour in there, if it's two hours and 30 minutes all of a sudden, and there's all these extra things that they, they're not mm. really that important, as you're sitting there in the theater, I know this is 2022 and people probably haven't gone to a theater in multiple years. <laughs> yeah. but, theater? But Tell as, me about that. <laughs> as you're sitting there in the theater and it's getting past two hours, if you start getting into 2.15, 2.30 and you're like, man, this is long. I really have to go to the bathroom. And and mm-hmm. where's the story going? Like when things are less efficient and less efficiently run, then you start to feel that, that tediousness. And I think writers can be very similar for kids. You want to be in the position where you're leaving them wanting more, not like, oh man, we, we just knocked out 20 minutes of our class doing writers. I don't want to do that again. 
So then yeah. the next time they don't want to do writers because it took 20 minutes last time when you could have just done it in 10 minutes and they would have been, oh, this is great. I wanted, I wish I could have written some more C's. I was getting praise from my teacher. It was fun. Mm-hmm. But then we moved on to a song. I want to, I want to get into it next class. I want to do another letter. That's a perfect point uh, because, yeah, there, there is a place for long form. You know, some some movies, you know, there's a place for Lawrence of Arabia, like Godfather. movies with intermissions that they're so, yeah, the Godfathers, they're really long, but they're they're long form and they're worth it. Uh, but writers are more like a Woody Allen movie. Uh, they clock in at seven, you know, a good 79 minutes and you got a lot in it because it's it's super efficient. But yeah, writers are not, I mean, in later units, they take on a little bit of a longer form. But again, we should always be paying attention to the the because, recommended time in the lesson plan. Yeah, in those later units, we're starting to write paragraphs when we're yeah, in the twenties yeah, and thirties. We're no longer just practicing writing the letter C. So clearly, you're going to need more time to write a paragraph mm-hmm. than you are to write C five times. Yeah, exactly. And and those and those later writer activities come with other attachments as well. There are you know the, there's the readers and the conversation pieces that go with a lot of them. So yeah, proceed accordingly. And of course, when you need help or advice with this, your grapeseed coach and coaches are always here with advice and for guided self reflection based on the things that we see from other teachers in other schools. You just stole how I was going to land the plane, Miklos. So really good there. Well, I I had to grab the controls because I yeah I I was um, I was uh, oh, I've been now, motivated see, to now, land now the, the plane. plane. Is it landing? <laughs> no, no. Now say okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll give it back to you now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is a that is an excellent place to end the podcast on reaching out for more help. We covered a lot here on just changing the expectations teachers have about writers and trying to influence those expectations that other people at your school might have, but then also talking about ways to complete your writer in a more efficient manner so your students are more excited to do it. So yeah, I think we covered quite a bit here, but as always, like Mikolos mentioned, if you need more guidance and more assistance tailored to your particular school or your mm-hmm. particular classroom, then yes, reach out to your coach. But Thank you, everybody. If you have any other tips that you really think we should highlight about writers, send those into mailcarrier at grapeseed.com. Thanks for joining us, Miklos. Always a pleasure. As always, everyone, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.